heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, hello, everybody. Episode number 115 of YWC Football Talk. It's been a blast. You know what? Back to some more of the OG guests, some OG buddies here this week to celebrate Tom Brady week. We got Joe Provost III, our resident Tom Brady fan, and of course, Patriots superfan Nightmare 10 once again. But to not to Phil's knowledge before we started recording, because it is uh, Thursday, September 30th, for those of you out there, the NFL just announced their halftime show, and Phil doesn't know who's doing it yet, so we're going to surprise it for him live on air. The NFL's halftime show for Super Bowl 56 will feature Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. Wow, what a lineup. Wow, okay, <laughs> all right. I'm digging that. Uh, like, There's some people in there that I don't care too much about, but there's some I definitely do, so okay, cool. Yeah, like it's a lineup you can't really go wrong with. Like I looked at this right now, and I'm like, I know last year was really good with the weekend in Tampa and everything, but this right here also two screams LA considering I know Snoop, Dre, Kendrick are all from the Los Angeles area. They just might need to scream him and uh, screen him and him, uh, Brad, before he goes in. But other than that, no, the three one three's got to represent. <laughs> it's great. Where is the Super Bowl this year? I don't. SoFi, SoFi Stadium in LA. That's right. I knew that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, obviously we know why we're all here, guys. Like I said, it's Tom Brady week. We're going to discuss that game last. Um, Joe has a surprise for us, actually, too. Uh, Joe, do you want to tell Phil where you'll be this Sunday? Uh, yeah, oh, I think he knows. I commented on somebody we mutually follow, and he threw a like on it. So I think uh, I do but, know, and I'm so freaking jealous, Joe. <laughs> yeah, so no, like it kind of worked out with my schedule. So I am going up to Foxborough, first time ever, like. I that was always like a bucket list for me, right? Like I wanted to get to a game in Foxborough, you know, Brady obviously playing for the Pats, never never just kind of came to fruition. So I couldn't pass this up, you know, and I mean, it'll be a cool little moment too, like, you know, he'll probably break the passing record probably in the first if not the second quarter. Um so, yeah, but anyways, we'll probably get into all that later on, but yeah, I'll be in uh I'll be in Foxborough this weekend for the first time. Jim. Which we're, we're both here jealous of because oh, for both Phil and I, that is pure bucket list items. I was, I actually have friends that moved up there recently, and it's like if tickets were decent, which they're not, so <laughs> I would I would have win. But God, I'm jealous. Yeah. But I'm happy for you too, Joe. That's that's an awesome moment to be. Yeah. be Question is, are you wearing are you wearing a Bucks Brady jersey? <laughs> so I thought long and hard about this, and I'm going mutual. I'm gonna be wearing like just a TB12 hat. But I'm going with the Michigan Brady jersey, so that's it's kind of actually, yeah, that's perfect to be like a, that's awesome. I like yeah, that's perfect being a Brady not fan. Not mutual, kind of more neutral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's perfect. I, I like that. I'll do yeah, that. no, I, I appreciate that too. Like you'll see, like you've seen it too at games before. Like I remember with the Warriors when they were in the NBA Finals. There's always a guy in a Davidson number thirty Curry jersey, which <laughs> I just like kind of like that when you appreciate college. It's like hell. I even have a uh, Tom Brady Michigan jersey, but. I'll be wearing my um, Brady jersey at home on Sunday with the Super Bowl 51 patch on it, which I think that was a Super Bowl that made Phil jump into the pool, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 41, the Falcons, yes, it was. Yes, and the I'll Falcons. Super Bowl. That's a one-time, one and done, because <laughs> it was freezing. But yes. 
<laughs> oh, you got to love it. Well, anyway, folks, uh, we're going to save that game for last, obviously, just for reasons that are pronounced to us, you know, save the best for last. Um, I just want to quickly ask you guys for tonight's game, because we're, we're obviously recording. This is a different episode. Because of time constraints on my end, we're recording before Thursday night football begins. So do I'm guessing, just going to go on a whim, do we all have the Bengals winning, or does anyone call an upset? Yeah, I'm going Bengals. Yeah, I have Bengals winning, but like, I mean, if you're ever, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be like shocked. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked because it's Thursday night football. Like, almost anything can happen. Wasn't it Thursday night? Well, I don't know if it was. Thir- yeah, it was. Wasn't it Thursday night football that Brady lost to the Bears last year? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, anything can happen. So it's like the Nick Foles Bears. The Nick Foles, exactly. So, uh, and who knows? All three might start at this point, <laughs> which is not possible. But the Bears will find a way. <laughs> but anyways, um. But yeah, so yeah, I, I mean, I, Trevor Lawrence has got to have a breakout game at some point, right? I don't know, but I, no, I think the Bengals win. I, Bengals coming off a, a strong win against the Steelers, which they seem to always win that first Steelers game. I don't know why I didn't pick them last week, but whatever. I, as soon as Ben had that pec injury come up, um, Phil, this is actually funny. Danny sent me a tweet from a Didi Kikobala last week saying that Ben was hurt. I said right away, Bengals upset. I I called it then and there. I just picked them to cover the spread last week. And I was just like, all right, cool. But with tonight, though, like I, I know I said earlier, I can see, I think we all Bengals winning. The seven and a half point spread is where it gets kind of dicey for like gambling out there. Because for folks, if you don't know, if you don't follow me yet, Instagram, TikTok, I do post my best bets. My one for tonight, I do have to say, is I like the Bengals to win. But the it, the, the spread and the over-under is where it concerns me. Because it is 46. Because part of me feels like this could be like, you know, like the Giants football team Thursday nighter, but this could also be like last week where it gets kind of slow. If you said the over under is forty six, yeah, forty six. I'm not. I'm not really a betting man, but I'd take the under. I, I don't think that's going to go over that. I think it'll be close. Like I could see it being like I don't know, twenty one to let's say thirteen. Yeah, that sounds more. Yeah, that sounds more about right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and as far as like covers go too, I mean. Like the NFL by far to me is the trickiest when it comes to like point spreads because they just play, they play that soft, that soft coverage. If anybody gets a lead and I mean, there's just so many, there's so many garbage time scores and backdoor covers. It's just, it's so tough. Yeah. Like a lot of people lost money week one when they picked the Niners to cover and the, the Lions had that backdoor cover. Um, the first game on Sunday's docket that I see here is Giants and Saints, and I'm sorry. I know people are saying that the Giants match up well. I've seen a couple people say that. You you have to go Saints with this game. I'm sorry. It's just their first game back in the Superdome. We all know what that building's like. We've been in that building, all three of us at the same time. That building's going to be loud Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I think, it, and it being in New Orleans, that's not even like, so maybe there's like a 1% chance if it's away or something, but not. Nah. The Saints, the Giants are terrible. I don't care what anyone said. Like, I don't know. I yeah, the Saints are one. Like, obviously, I didn't get. I for those that don't know, did not get to watch the Pats uh, Saints last week. But I, you know, did my research, followed it. You know, did all that kind of stuff. But the Saints look good. I mean, they they lost to a division rival, so it's kind of like you kind of kind of like don't weigh that one as much. Um, so we'll. But I I I don't think they're gonna lose to the Giants. Like that's not gonna be. You know, Jameis Winston should have have a day. This is a game where I could see a backdoor cover happening, to be honest. What's the spread on this one? Seven and a half again. 
Yeah, I'm with Joe though, man. Like spread, like every time I see spread, like I feel like the spread in the NFL is always like six to seven. Like, like even even the, we'll talk about our game later about the you know as far as the spread, but it's like I just feel like even games that you know that look like blowouts aren't predicted to be blowouts. You know, like so it's like it's just interesting when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm going with the Saints here, and I feel pretty comfortable in the Saints actually covering this one. This is one where I kind of, kind of look at it, and I know like a touchdown is kind of considered, you know, probably what average. Like Phil was saying, to a little, even a little bit on the heavier side, you see a lot of like six and a half, sixes, five and a halfs. Um, but the, I don't know, like Giants, if I'm not mistaken, have played. This is definitely going to be their loudest road test maybe of the entire year. Um, If I'm not mistaken, they played two out of the three at home. So going away from their friendly confines of MetLife, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see, uh, I don't see the Giants pulling this one out. No. And the more I think about it too, with this Giants team, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if they finish with a bad record, if they clean house at the end of the year. I know, because I feel like this too, and I know Giants fans are going to get on my case because we obviously know some personally, I feel like this team is in that position, you know, where it's like they're like they're in the Atlanta Falcons are almost in that same territory where they, clean. they aren't as they 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 they're not as good as people think they are. Yeah, I I do like I think I think Daniel Jones has potential. Um, it's just the rest of that team they've got they've just got like a they're, they're they just got a couple you know they got a couple pieces on defense. I. You know, Barkley, who knows who, you know, you would assume eventually he gets back to 100%, but that line is bad. The defensive line's not good. I just, they're, I don't, it's like, where do you start, you know, and pretty soon, you know, if, if Daniel Jones continues to progress and you got to pay him and then you're under a cap, you know, that's a big cap hit and, you know, are you going to be able to build around him long term? It just it gets it gets kind of murky. Um, but they're yeah, they're just kind of a the worst place you can kind of be is like not super like not super bad, but not good enough to where like you're trending in the right direction. And that's kind of like where I see them. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, Phil, go ahead. I was just going to comment on his Daniel Jones thing. Like I I really look at Daniel Jones like a Sam Donald. Like yes, he, he he's He's obviously played better in New York than, than than Donald had played in New York, I guess you could say. But like, I just feel like it's the same situation. Like, I feel like in the end, the Giants aren't going to win enough to where they're going to end up moving on. Unfortunately, to Daniel Jones, like I just that's how I see it. Giants fans may not like me saying that, but I just think that like I don't think they're going to build around Daniel Jones. I think eventually it's not going to be enough, and they're going to be in the top five, and there's just going to be a quarterback they're not going to want to pass on. I mean, I just think that's just there's just we've seen it too much. The Jets are a prime example of it of a more recent uh, case. So, my whole thing with the Giants is just it's not so much like the that Daniel Jones is a bad quarterback. I think it's just there was a lot of more or less unrealistic expectations where I feel like everyone was assuming you know what this is a playoff team and everything like that. But at the same time, too, this team is a couple – well, I still think, look, week two, I consider it, like, lucky on lucky. Look, stuff happens in the NFL. But week three, losing to the Atlanta Falcons is inexcusable considering how bad the Atlanta Falcons are this year. So if they go into New Orleans and keep it close, okay, look, you're 0-4, but it's, like, moral victory. 
But at the same time, too, they want a gauntlet coming up. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I'm going to pull it up right now. After the Saints, at Cowboys versus Rams versus Panthers, at Chiefs versus Raiders, by week at Buccaneers. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, like, you got to try to steal one this weekend if you're the Giants. I don't think it happens, but, man, that is just murderer's row right there, especially considering how good the Cowboys are. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And uh, next game on the docket, Chiefs at Eagles. I want. I think the Chiefs bounce back and win here. I know they're one and two, but I look at the Chiefs as like Phil. Do you remember 2018 Patriots where we lost to the Lions on Sunday Night Football and then we murdered the Dolphins the next week? Right. I can see that happening with the Chiefs, but at the same time, too, the Chiefs in their last 11 are one in 10 against the spread. So from a gambling perspective, avoid. Like I want to avoid them, but at the same time, too, I'm like, look, the Eagles are not good. And it's Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So like, I'm going to toss up on who to take to cover here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Saints – I mean, not Saints. I think the Chiefs uh, – I mean, they – like, let's be honest. They've lost to two really good teams back-to-back. Um, so, I mean, like, this is a team that they're much better than. I, I wouldn't go as far as saying the Eagles are, like, terrible. But, you know, they've, they're not – I mean, I have no proof to show that they're, like, better than that right now. I do think they're – like, I think they're okay. Um, but I don't think Kansas City's going to – struggle with them like you know i mean i'm sure this is kansas city they probably go down 14 nothing and win 42 to 14 but <laughs> so <laughs> other than that i think kansas city will be fine what is the spread on this uh five, uh let me see uh oh went up to seven it was at five and a half before but it got bumped up i mean yeah that was that opened way too way too low in my opinion i think the chiefs get back on track um you know, they're just kind of – I feel like they've kind of just been, like, sleepwalking, right? Like, they're kind of – I hate to compare it to, like, a college situation, but the year that Clemson lost a heartbreaker to Bama in the national championship, then the next year they went and played, like, four – like, they played, like, four games, like, NC State they should have arguably lost. A um, bunch of – just kind of sleptwalked through the year, and you could just tell, like, they were just waiting for the more meaningful games. And this team has enough talent to turn it on. Um, I think they'll try to get Tyreek Hill involved. He's been pretty quiet to start the year um, overall, especially for his standards. Uh, so I do think that the Chiefs have a kind of a coming out party this week. Um, uh, people are starting to talk about them, like what's wrong with them. And usually, you know, the good, you know, good get good guys turn it on when you know you start to hear that noise. And Mahomes is no different. So I like the Chiefs uh, big in this one. I'm not a Jalen Hurts guy for the record. My whole thing with the Jalen Hurts thing is, look, you, 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 you take a deuce, you, you look back at it, you don't look back at it, you just flush it and move on to the next one, you know? It's one of the greatest sound bites of all time. But no, my thing with the Eagles, too, I, it's just that I think them whipping Atlanta week one was like, you know, where you get boosted with, like, wrongful confidence, where you're like, you know, we're good, and then you get brought back down to earth. That's, what, that's what's happened to the Eagles in these last two games. Yeah, and the Falcons, like we said, are not a good football team, I think. They lost one of their defensive captains, Brandon Graham. I mean, he's been the heart and soul of that defense now for the last handful of years. I Brandon Brooks too. Yeah. So I, they're yeah they're uh, yeah they're they're kind of in a weird spot as well. Big Rat said it on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. Actually, he was like that. This Eagles team is good unless they get hurt. And what happened? They got hurt. I'm sorry to say it, but that's just what happened. This was a team where. If they get injured, they're in trouble. We saw it last year, and we're continuing to see it now, unfortunately. It seems to happen with Philly a lot. It really does. 
and unfortunately does. Um, next on the docket, this this is where the spread game gets really weird. I don't think I've ever seen this in the NFL before, but the Buffalo Bills are a 16-and-a-half-point favorite over the Houston Texans. This is, like, college level. Like, I feel like it's a, it could be a surefire thing as after the way Josh Allen looked last week. I feel like Josh Allen did that same thing where Mahomes is going to do this Sunday, you know, where through two weeks everyone's like, oh, what's up with Josh Allen? He doesn't look good. And then he's like, all right, guys, just let, let me take it from here because I think that's what Mahomes is going to do Sunday in Philly. But with this 16-and-a-half, I feel like at the same time, too, it's – it could either cash in or it's fool's gold, you know? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, that's that's I didn't know the spread was that big. I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's right. It's I mean, it's not. I, I'm I'm terrified of betting, so <laughs> very few things are going to get me to bet. So like the spread, I'd be like, okay, that's great. But I'm, you know, it still seems like it's too high. But um, but yeah, I mean, Buffalo's going to win this game. I mean, it's not, you know, Houston's got. Some random quarterback name track. Davis the Neck Mills. The neck Mills, yeah. I was trying to think of a good nickname. Good job, Griff. But uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I mean, are we gonna talk about like? Wh- I mean, do we think Watson's going? Like, it's it's start. They're starting to be some like more talk about that again. Do we think that's gonna happen? I honestly don't want to discuss that until. I don't want to discuss anything about that until the court case stuff is settled. Because honestly, I think it would be really shitty of the Houston Texans to do and I think the NFL would try to bar it from happening if the stuff in court isn't settled so I'd rather that get settled first before the actual trade goes down I agree with that I, I don't I'm not necessarily I don't necessarily think that's going to happen though then again the NFL can be a scummy organization so who really knows you know I, I could see it happening but in a world where yeah. society goes by morals it shouldn't I mean there's people that there's people that you know have been charged with like some really bad crimes and then come back like after a year of hiatus and they're back so Anyways. yeah I'm pretty, I'm pretty aligned here i think uh obviously going the bills and while we're on the topic i mean the bucks did just sign sherman and he's got some outstanding like legal stuff going on uh, bucks uh, supposedly did their due diligence you know all that fun stuff but that's just it's weird there are like it just just it does seem that there are like crazy double standard sometimes in the league yeah well i mean when you i mean i have a whole opinion about not the rich i mean i i'm glad you brought that up about richard sermon but i obviously wanted brady to win the super bowl when he was in it obviously once the game was there and that was the two people we were playing but the, i wanted antonio brown to get zero points like the fact that that guy is has a job in the league that's the one thing i'm anti on brady against is like that he's so inclined to give that man a, a job because that's uh, anyways, but I could rant all day about that. Br- Antonio Brown is one of his prime examples. Uh, Joe. He did serve a suspension though. So that's where I feel like it is a little different. Like he was cert- had an eight game suspension. I didn't even think about the Richard Sherman incident actually until I saw Dan Graziano from ESPN tweet about it. And I was like, it's a really good thing. Cause there was that, it was just a scary video to see of him slamming on the door and stuff. And apparently he was drunk and everything. And it was just, it was a really scary video, but no, I'm glad that the box came out and said that they did their due diligence. But it's not what they're gonna say, you know. Like, you know, I know, but you still you gotta you gotta paint that picture. Well, I mean, I just think that's for PR, though. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't do it. I I, I totally think they did, but it's just I don't know. Anyways, moving on. That's all good. Um, I think the, there's a I know Sunday the Sunday Nighter is like the. Um, Stealing is the bell of the ball, if you will. It's like the grand all be all of games this weekend. We have a sneaky good, a few good sneaky good ones. And this is one of them. 
Carolina at Dallas. I think this is a pretty good litmus test for both teams to see where they both were. I think more or less for Carolina to see where they're at. I'm going to go to Joe first, obviously, just because I know Joe, like, because Phil and I were going back and forth a bit there. Like, what do you think about this game? Yeah, um, Carolina, I think, is moving in the right direction. But I, I like, you know, are they going to contend for a wild card spot? You know, hard to say. I think this game will tell a lot. Um, but I think that they are, I think they're going to come up short this weekend. Yeah, I think, um, you said it, you said it really well, Joe. I, I think that would, this is an ultimate test for Carolina's defense. A lot of people are raving him. Danny's one of them that, and I, and I, I'm not saying the defense isn't good because it is good. Um, I just think this is going to be the true test for it. And I, and I will say in regards to that, because I do think Dallas will win. I think that don't get don't like look at the game while it's still a game. Like if Dallas pulls away, like don't start like criticizing Carolina at that point because at that point, like like you want to see how they are when the game's a game. If that makes sense, like like that's where you're gonna really want to see the test for Carolina's defense because I mean once if Dallas is, ends up taking it away, I think people will start saying, well, Carolina's exposed, their defense is terrible. It's like you know, well yeah, but once an offense starts taking off, like a Dallas offense, like if they like if they take off, I feel like. You can't really fault Carolina. I mean, at the, any defense eventually if they're on the field all the time. So it's literally going to be on the Carolina offense without CMC to see if they can keep that defense off the field all the time um, and, and can score some points. But um, I do think it could be close early, but I think Dallas pulls away. I'm with – to be fair, I'm with both of you. I think the Dallas Cowboys do win this game. Um it's just, I think Carolina's going to put up a fight, but it's not enough. Like, I look at the spread here, it is four and a half. So, I'd probably go for the Cowboys to cover, but at the same time, too, I think a lot of this is going to have to do with if Dallas can win the offensive line battle. If they can do that and then lack, let Dak, excuse me, you know, do his thing, they'll win. Like, Carolina can win this game. But I feel like at the end of the day, it's going to come down to not how Dallas's defense plays, but how good Dak Prescott can look. And I'll say this, if Carolina comes in and, and pretty much leads most of the game and wins the game, like, that's a big statement. I, if you guys – would you guys agree with that? Like, I think if – like, if it's back and forth, that's one thing. But, like, if Carolina kind of, like, leads the way then the entire time, that's a big statement. So, I will say that. Um, you know what this game reminds me of? Do you guys remember last year Cleveland versus Dallas where Cleveland went in and was absolutely destroying Dallas? But then Dallas kind of came back and was like – I think it was like a big 12 score. It was like – 55 to like 47 or something like that. I, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm saying if Cleveland can come, if the da- Carolina, excuse me, can come in and do something like that to Dallas, it'll say a lot. If they can hang in tight, it's like, okay, cool. They're here. But if they walk out of this weekend out of AT&T stadium four and oh, you can't take this team lightly anymore. No, I agree. I would agree. Yep. And then I'm, de- I'm actually, there's a potential that I could go to the Carolina, uh, New England at Carolina game. So I'm really hoping they're not as legit. Because <laughs> if they beat Dallas, I'd be a little more worried about that game now. Matt but, versus Sam, yeah. baby. And the dog greets. <laughs> Joe, thoughts? Yeah, um, just kind of. I'm aligned with you guys here. I am taking, I'm taking Dallas. Like I said, I think Carolina. Like I said, I think they're going in the right direction. I just don't. Uh, I just don't see them winning this one. And I will, you know, if they can pull this one out, especially without McCaffrey, 
um, they'll have my attention a little bit more. But right now, I think they're, uh, I think they're, like I said, heading in the right direction, just not quite there yet. Um, I, I would like to see them add a couple more pieces on offense going into the future. But I, I think the Darnold acquisition was, was, you know, working out, you know, just how everyone envisioned in that front office. So credit to them. Um, but they're just not quite ready to, you know, I, this just isn't a game that I, I see them winning yet. No, exactly. Um, Cleveland at Minnesota. I think, I think you gotta go Cleveland here. I, I know Minnesota looked really good against Seattle last week, but, and Joe would probably speak to this best, but I feel like Minnesota does that every year where they kind of like win a game where it's like, you know what? Hey, you look with this good team, but then they kind of like have a game actually where they fall back to earth. Yeah, and again, like, you know, I just don't trust Kirk Cousins. I just don't um, for multiple reasons. Uh, and they're, yeah, the Vikings are a team that uh, ever since, like, they had that kind of, like, playoff moment, they, you know, it's like, what have you done since? You might knock off a team here or there, play spoiler, but they're, they're a team that, you know, not taken super seriously. Um, this is a this is a game where if the Browns want to solidify themselves a little bit in the AFC North, um, kind of you know th- this is a game that they got to go win. They got to they got to beat the Vikings. I agree, Joe. I think I, that's perfect because I I, I I do believe that the Browns this is a big big game for them more so than it is Minnesota. I mean, it's a big game for both, but. Uh, the Browns need a win like this. They need a win to be like, okay, you know, because the NFC uh, North, I mean, AFC North right now is like, you know, who's who's going to be the top head right now? Um, it it's looks like Baltimore. I mean, it looks like Baltimore, but I I still believe that it's kind of wide open, um, like Griff just said. So, I mean, I think this is a big – would be a big statement game for them. Minnesota, that offense is, like, ridiculous, man. Like, when, when healthy, obviously Cook can't stay healthy, but what running back these days seems to be able to stay healthy. Let's put it that way. Uh, there are a few, but – um, but yeah, like if Cook sells, you have Cook, Thielen, uh, Jefferson. It's like, um, you know, and Kirk, and I agree with you on Joe about Kirk Cousins. Like he, you know, I'm just not sold on him either. But like when he plays good, it's like okay, maybe he is the guy. But it's like once again, their problem is defense. Their defense is let, just gives up way too many points most of the time. So, um, and with the Cleveland off- offense that's kind of fiery now, Cleveland, you know, I I don't think they'll have Landry right. And that, but they have Odell back now. I'm, I can't keep up with their injuries at receiver. But uh, so that's a little, you know, that's up there. Nick Chubb's amazing. Uh, the fact that he's not credited for more being better. And the fact they have two really good running backs, actually. Him and Kareem Hunt is good for Cleveland, uh, where you don't have to put too much on Baker. Um, but uh, I, I think Cleveland wins this game. Um, and uh, they definitely do not need to lose this game. But I, I think Cleveland wins. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's hard to argue. I gotta go. We gotta ride with the dog pound here. Um, Indianapolis, Miami. I these are two teams that are just bad down, like down bad on their luck. Like, like uh, New England obviously my, lost to Miami, but then ever since then Miami got killed by Buffalo, and then they went to Vegas and they lost. Like, I'm gonna say something. Whenever Vegas and Miami get together, it, it's magic. I want to see that in the playoffs one day. Um, but for now, we have Indianapolis at Miami. Um, I'm, I want to go Dolphins, but I'm leaning Colts. I honestly don't know, but I'm thinking I'm going to take the smart play and go Dolphins here. 
Wow. So I'm actually going to go Colts. Um, I know it's tough, right? Like Miami has some dudes, but I just, they're, <laughs> I, I feel like redundant saying this. Maybe it's just the teams that we're talking about, but I feel like Miami's just a mess. Uh, not a Tua, you know, I know he's not playing, but not a, not a Tua guy. Um, hated that pick for them. Um, almost as much as I hated Okuda to the Lions, but it's it's bad. I mean, this is a this is a winnable game for the Colts, and I think that they pull it out. Yeah, this was this was tough for me when I first looked at it. Like, Indy's played played a tough schedule. I mean, they've played Seattle, they've played uh, the Rams, who look Super Bowl caliber. You know, and then they play Tennessee, who's you know they're not gonna they're not gonna sweep Tennessee in the division. That Tennessee's a good a good squad as well. So, I mean, this is one that they need to win, though. I mean, I, I do believe that they need to win this game. Uh, I know I said we just said that about Cleveland, but I mean, this is a like this is a game you need to win. They don't have Tua. They're they're, they're on their backup Brissett. You know Brissett. He used to be there. Like you should know enough to get the get the job done. But that being said, I actually think Miami's winning this game because I just don't trust the Colts. Like. I don't trust Carson Wentz right now, even though, like, going into the season, I'm like, if Carson Wentz can be what he used – even a, sh- a shell of what he used to be, like, he'll be – like, the Colts could be a really good top contender. This Colts team looks – even though, like I said, they've just lost, like, to three good, really good teams, like, it just doesn't look like the same Colts team from last year. Like, the, I don't know if they're still trying to figure out their identity or whatever. So, like, with that, I just can't confidently pick them. So, I'm going to – and Miami's defense is is, is pretty – Pretty solid, obviously. The Raiders. That game was an anomaly. Uh, you know the word I can't ever say, but uh, anomaly. Thank you. <laughs> but like, I, I just I don't know. I think Miami's a more talented team. Um, so I'm gonna go with Miami. Actually, the Colts have to try to try to get Jonathan Taylor involved. I mean, he. You talk about guys who are off to like super quiet starts of the year. Yep. I well, he's at like a hundred and like seventy yards through three games. They're staring at zero and four. They don't have an identity. You know, I think if you can somehow get Taylor involved, get him some screen passes, get creative, that takes a little bit of pressure off of Carson Wentz. Maybe he settles in. Uh, that's the direction I would go. Um, but, I mean, they're staring at 0-4. They've got it. They've got to find a way. And I would say, like, there's one thing 0-3. I, like, I don't know you guys could say if you agree or not, but, like, I don't think you come back from 0-4. Like you might can rally to a decent record, but you're not making the playoffs starting 0 and 4. I don't even know what the re- like the. I'm pretty sure the statistics are pretty bad. Like I know there are teams that have made it, but it can't be hot. It, it I I don't know if it's like hot or not, but it's just oh how do I say this? It's just I'm trying to figure the right words to say here. It's just one of those like really tricky situations to me with both of these like with with this game. It's just it's just tricky because you know both teams need to win, but it's just like who needs it more? Like I'm just going Miami because I just trust. Like Phil said, I trust them more. But at the same time, too, if Indy were to come out and just show up, it would not shock me at all. Right, I agree with that. Yep. Um, I don't think we need to talk much about this. Like Titans, Jets, like tight. Like I think it's easy. Titans win. Yeah, tighten up. Tighten up. <laughs> yeah, like it's just I'm looking at this. I'm just like, man, Derrick Henry, like, moving on. <laughs> the only con- the only concern is like AJ Brown and Julio are both questionable this week. 
But you know, if you have Derrick Henry, like he's gonna have a week. I don't even think they need him need them to win, to be honest. Yeah. Oh God, that's so bad. Um now moving on, Detroit at Chicago. I told Joe this off air, and I know Joe said he could do an entire podcast about this. Detroit is gonna get their first win this Sunday. You heard it here first. I actually agree with that too. Yeah, I think they will. Chicago is a hot mess right now. Yeah, I you know, I'm just as a fan, I know like obviously big Tom Brady fan. Don't let's not get it twisted, people. Still big Lions fan. Um they're bad. They are bad. They stink. They like they their defense is awful. The offense, like Goff has been actually like, you know, if you've watched, you know, a couple of the games, like Goff is doing what he can with nobody. And I'm not a Goff guy, but I give him credit in there. Um, and, and he's really embracing Detroit. I'll keep it, I'll keep it brief because I know we got bigger things to move on to. I just don't see it. I, I don't see it at all. Give me the Bears. <laughs> one one quick question I have to I do have to add, not to waste a lot of time on it, but uh, seeing Stafford su- succeed in, in the rant, like, are you, like, rooting for him to win a Super Bowl? Or, are you, or like, how are you feeling towards that? That's kind of like the same situation with, like, Brady leaving, you know? I, yeah, you know, I wish him – I like, I wish him well. Um, he did awesome things for the city of Detroit. Um and no ill will there, like whatsoever. I, if I were him, I would have asked to leave Detroit. Years so yeah, I, you know, I wish him success, except against Tampa, which I mean, he's already had that. But hopefully, it's a different story. Come maybe the AFC or the NFC Championship game. So you do, so you do lean towards Brady. I got you. That makes sense. So I'm guessing here you're going with your guys. Oh, uh, you know, I'm going with the Bears. So he went. He picked Bears. Yeah. Oh, he's going bear, bear down. Um, I think Lions with you, Griff. Yeah, I, I just something's telling me Lions. Plus, it's a divisional game. I'm. I know Joe. You want the like, you want them to lose as much as they can, but I'm just like thinking. I think trap game because if the Lions, if the Bears do lose this game, you hit the panic button in Chicago. Like, God, I can't already imagine what Chicago talk radio is like. Um, football team in Atlanta, like another game. I think this is just going to get like lost in the. Uh, red zone shuffle like you know there's a game that gets like 10 seconds of air time yeah because they won't be in the red zone yeah I yeah i don't care what it is take the under <laughs> 47 and a half take the under under lock of the week guaranteed now the score 40 each <laughs> well see that's what always happens whenever you think it's going to be like a slug fast yeah, yeah, it's yep. always low scoring whenever you think that's it's going to be like that's a good call yeah, it was me two weeks ago with the Giants and the football team. That's why, like, I want to bet tonight's game, but at the same time, too, the over-under is kind of, like, worrying me, so I don't know what I want to do. Yeah, I mean, this game, period. <laughs> I'm, take, I'm taking Washington in this one and the under all day. This is the kind of game where if Washington loses, you, like, there's questions to be answered if Washington goes one and three after this weekend, because Washington's supposed to be this great team going into the year. Excuse me, they haven't done much. So if Washington loses this, you hit the panic button. Meanwhile, look, Atlanta, we know, is a team that needs to rebuild. They just don't want to start. And also, too, Kyle Pitts has done, like, literally. I, I feel like Kyle Pitts has been a disappointment so far this year. Like, everyone was saying he's going to be this next great tight end, and he hasn't done anything. He's just kind of going, showing to the mold of tight ends need time to develop. This might sound like a little bit premature, but if Washington loses this, I mean, you might be willing to lock the Cowboys in as the division winner anyways right now, but if Washington loses this game, I mean, put it in ink. 
I know, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think I think Washington lose to Atlanta, like, yeah, no. And one thing I'll say too, like I've been saying that like recently, and my coworker that's a huge Washington fan will kill me for saying this again because I've said it to her enough. She doesn't want him at all. I don't understand. Like I do not understand why Newton's not an option here. Like I don't like. I understand you have Heineke's not your future, right? Like I I liked him like. You know, I liked his little run in the playoff. Like he, you know, he looked nice, like whatever. But he's not gonna. You're not banking anything on him. Fitzpatrick's gone. Like, what does it hurt to get Newton and get fan? Like, if anything, he'll sell tickets. Like, I don't. Like, I just don't understand why Newton's not an option here. You have Rivera. Like, there must have been way more to that. Like Rivera and Newton. Like they that couldn't have not ended well for Rivera to not even consider him. Like, I just don't get it. Well, Rivera was fired before Newton got cut last year. Rivera was fired late into the 2019 season, and then Cam was cut in March. Right, but I'm just saying, like, I, which would point to again, why is like, why is not even like, okay, what bring him in? You didn't see, you see something you don't like or whatever, and he's gone. But like, they haven't even like, no, it's not happening. So I don't know if it's the Dan Snyder thing or what, but uh, just something I want to throw out there. But I have Washington winning this game too. That done, yeah, and That's I would win there too. That's all good. Um, and I'm guessing Joe's Washington as well? Yeah, he yep. um, Another sneaky good game. There's two sneaky good games in the 4 o'clock window. We have Arizona at L.A., which is a huge test, in my opinion, for the Cardinals. But you know what? I'm going to say it. This may be a hot take. I think I'm going Cardinals here. I know the Rams lit up the Buccaneers last week. But I think this is a game where the Cardinals can kind of come in and, you know, kind of shock the world here. Man, like, I, I, I'd love to believe, like, Arizona is, like, that team. It's like, man, if they could just get it together. And we've talked about it several times on this podcast. Like, Kyler Murray looks great. Like, that team is, you know, if they just click. But I just, I can't, I'm not picking against the Rams until there's a reason to. And, and this is not the week. Arizona looked sloppy as crap early on against Jacksonville. Which I know teams have, like, moments and they have, obviously they, they, you know, picked themselves together and got the win. But it's just like, I don't know. I am just have a bad taste in my mouth for, uh, with Arizona right now. And I don't have a bad taste in my mouth with Rams. Rams look amazing. Like, NFC Championship lock right now for me. <laughs> so, we'll see. We'll see, like, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But that's what their their track's, like, that good right now. So, uh, I definitely have the Rams winning. But um, I wouldn't be shocked if Arizona, like, because Arizona has shown light uh, there. But um, I've got the Rams. My hottest take coming into the season was I had, the Cardinals winning that division. And that's not to discredit the Rams. It's because I was higher on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals than I think a lot of people were. Not to say that people weren't on, like the, the Cardinals weren't on people's radar, but I have that, you know, I they, they've kind of done everything just about that I kind of thought that they would so far this year. Um, you know, whether or not they get this game or they pull out the one at home in order to, fulfill my prediction um this one's this one's tough this is the toughest game of the week for me by far i think my heart's telling me cardinals but my head's telling me rams i'm gonna i think for this one i you know what we'll rock with that i'm going i think the cardinals pull this one out somehow i think the rams get just a touch of a reality check um, Cooper Cup's been just lighting it up. I think they're going to try to take him away and make not that Stafford is more than just a classic one or two read quarterback. Like he can go through his progressions if the line gives him time. 
um, which, you know, the Bucks did not get home at all in the on, in their pass rush. So he had time to just pick them apart. They're depleted secondary. Um, Cardinals, I think, put up a fight, and I think they actually pulled this one out. I wouldn't be surprised to see a decent amount of uh, Arizona fans make the trek up to L.A. It's not super, super far. Um, so, yeah, give me the Cardinals in this one as an upset. No, I, I'm with you guys. Um, look, red rise up, red sea, baby. Um, my hot take going into the year about the NFC West was that the Seattle Seahawks were going to miss the playoffs. And so far, I think I'm being proven right. Because they, 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 I know they beat the Colts week one, but ever since then, they lost to the Tennessee in overtime, which they were up big. And then last week, they uh, did not exactly do anything in Minnesota. But this week, they're going to San Francisco, who had a great game against the uh, Packers, but lost because... Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things. But I see San Francisco bouncing back, and South Carolina's own Phil's boy, Debo Samuel, is second in the NFL in reception and receiving yards, only behind, I believe, Cooper Cup. So, yeah, I'm going to say it boldly and just thing. San Francisco over Seattle. 52-point uh, over-under, go over here. I think this game is going to be high scoring. Oh, dear. Can we go first, or? Yeah, Phil, go first. Oh, I'll go first. Okay. So, um, no, I, one thing I'll say last, like, there's something watching the game, and I understand, like, Trey Lance, all that other stuff, but, like, watching the game last week, and I know they lost, you know, Aaron Rodgers pulled Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I mean, who was shocked by that? 37 seconds is plenty of time to get in field of range. But I, like, I was impressed with what I saw, I saw from Jimmy G. I don't understand why they're so keen on moving on so fast. Like, it just seemed like – I don't really get bringing in the tr- – like, I get giving him some experience, but, like, I'm just always someone that's like, go with your guy or go or, or go on to the next one. Like, bringing in Trey Lance for, like, goal line stuff is just weird to me. I don't know what Shanahan's got going with that. But it seems like a lot of people are doing that this year with the ones that aren't starting, so I don't know. But I I like Jimmy G. I think he played well. I think, my, obviously, my boy Debo's played well. You know, George Kittle, George Kittle had some good plays. Like, I, I watched that game. That game I actually got to see, and that, that was fun. Um, and I, I think – Seattle's got problems. I don't know what's going on with them. Um, I just don't think Seattle's mentally there. I don't. I mean, I, I mean, defensive wise, their defense has been trash for years. So, um, which is shocking to say because Seattle was known for the Legion of Boom, but um, they're not. They're Legion of Doom now. I guess I don't. Know. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I think I think the Niners win too. I I really like that Niners team. Um, I think they're one of those teams that if they stay healthy, if Jimmy G stays healthy. Um, I think you you have a, another team that's is right in the thick of things in the end. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the Niners here to bounce back after what happened last week. Um, you know, they're just the more complete team right now. They're at home. I'll take the Niners. Uh, simple as that. Um, I think it's the same thing here with the CBS primetime window game, four twenty five Steelers at Packers. Um, my other prediction was that the Steelers are missing the playoffs this year, and I think, man, I, it's just it's it's ugly if you're a Steeler fan right now. Like I think the Steelers were the same thing as the Falcons, but not as bad. You know, they get that win week one against the Bills, but then ever since then they kind of just falter off. And I just think it's going to continue for the Steelers. It's just I think this is it. Ben Ben is a Hall of Famer whenever he does retire, but I think that curtain's coming down faster than people think. He he. I mean, I you know. It's crazy, right? Like when you think of QBs in our of our generation, like Big Ben's going to be a name that gets brought up. No, no denying it. Like you said, Hall of Famer. Um, he absolutely should have hung it up last year. I don't know how you know 
how they don't have somebody kind of waiting in the wings. It's not going to be Haskins long term. Like, let's be honest. But anyways, like, I mean, I'm going with the Packers here. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, that's been my big – I've even asked, like, I have really good friends that are Steelers fans. Um, and it's like – I've even asked – I was like, why – and they, even them, they're, they're like, I don't know. We're idiots. Because it's like, why do you not have – have not had a backup with Big Ben? Like, okay, if he plays well, then you do what the Pats had to do and other teams have had to do and move on from that guy. Like, you know, it's like I don't understand – like, they're literally – clearly the Steelers have decided that we're going to play Ben until he literally rots on the field. <laughs> so they've clearly decided that. Um and every year it starts out like, oh, Steelers will get a win like they did week one. And it's like everybody will overreact. Oh, the Steelers are still good. Big Ben's still good. And then they come right back to earth uh, after, you know, after that game. So um, I, 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 Green, Green Bay is the perfect example of week one overreactions, right? Like, and I'm sure I was probably guilty of some of it as well. But, like, I always say, like, week one, it's week one. Like, we're moving on. Like, I said this after our, our loss. Like, I kept, you know, once I got to the positive version of it, like, I said, this week one, people are going to overact about everything that's going on. And I do think a lot of the stuff, like, Rodgers probably did have a lot of that, the offseason stuff on his mind, and, and that was a lot of to do with it. Green Bay is not there no more. They're they're, they're trucking uh, forward. Thankfully, they got to play uh, Joe's Lions to, to get them back up. <laughs> I'm sure they they were glad to, to have that game uh, next, and uh, I think they're going to beat Pittsburgh. I don't know what the, the spread is on this, but I would take Six over. and a half. I would take it 100%. Yeah, I think you take it too. Um, so we're all in Green to Green Bay. Next, te- there's actually another test in the 425 window. Uh, Ravens at Broncos. I think this is the same as Carolina, though. I know Denver is 3 and 0. I think they are what the Bears were last year. You know where they got a few cupcake games. Like, look, they played both New York teams and they played Jacksonville. Like, you should go 3 and 0. Anyone in the NFL. Um, but I think this is where Denver's luck comes undone. But I'll say this. Because this is a gimme. This is only a point spread. If the Broncos get hang tight with the Ravens, they'll earn my respect. But if the Broncos go out there and get destroyed, I'm sorry, you get rid of that. You get rid of the talk of them being this great team. Yeah, I think that with the Broncos, it's like I I think the Panthers are a better team, but it kind of reminds me of that a little bit where these teams are getting off to kind of like really good starts. Um, I just and what's crazy is the Ravens have a real chance at being going three and one, despite all those preseason injuries. Uh, and I do think they get it done in Denver. Um, I just don't see like, I just, I don't know. Like, I just feel like Denver's due to lose. So they're going to lose. And I know that's like, not like giving like a lot of logic, a lot of reason, but like, even with those injuries, the Ravens are still a good team. They're the better team in this situation. I know Denver can be a tough road trip, but no, I'm taking the Ravens. Yeah, I have I have Baltimore winning too, and and uh, feel free to tell me the the one team that Denver's beat with a winner with a winning with one win. Oh wait, they haven't. <laughs> Denver's literally played the three of the worst three, if not the three worst teams uh, to start the year. So um, I, I I'm not saying Denver's terrible, but Denver's not a three and O team, and they could very well. I've looked at their schedule; they could very well be like three three and three or three and four. <laughs> so um, yeah, I've got Baltimore. Yeah, because after this, they have Ravens, Steelers, Raiders, Browns, football team, and then Cowboys. If they come out of that stretch with still a winning record, I'll be impressed. But if they lose out of their next six, if they lose four of six, I'm not I'm not, I'm not. not going to say anything about them. Um, so like we said, we saved the best for last. Due to time constraints, we will not be just discussing Monday Night Football. That will be in, on Monday's podcast or uh, maybe one day later this week. 
Buccaneers and Patriots. Um, I'm going to go in with Phil first and just to get where you see on this game. But then also, too, I'm going to ask Phil and Joe both for what your favorite. I, I, I don't know if you have one, Joe, but I know, Phil, like what is your favorite Tom Brady moment as a Patriot? But it cannot be from a Super Bowl game. Oh, God, you're going to put me on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> you're right, Tom. If, you, if, you, if you can't think of one, you can name a Super Bowl one. I was just judging all my guests that were Patriots fans this week to name non-Super Bowl ones because the Super Bowl moments are so easy, you know? Um, God, you put me on the spot. Like, I'm, I'm terrible about my memory's terrible. But uh, let me give, give me just a couple of seconds. Let's see. Um, I know I should be able to spit them out. There's so many of them. But my favorite non I don't know. I, I can't. Like, you're, there's just too many. Like, I can't think of one right away. A Super Bowl moment would have to be, you know, just um, you know, I could pick up. I could pick up. <laughs> there's just so many. I hate to say it sound like that, but there's just so many I could pick from. Like my favorite moment, obviously, the comeback against Atlanta was is up there for sure. Um, you know, that's you know, I love the I love the fact that people it gets lost in it because of how the game ended. But this the drive that he did in Seattle was insane. Like what he did in that short amount of time to get him downfield, like, like to score. And then of course Seattle like goes down the field and that happens. And that ends up being the the narrative, but like he literally like did his job, like the defense, like almost lost it for him. So um, that's one of my, I mean, I know I'm going to Super Bowl moments because that's just what I'm thinking of right off the top of my head. It's hard for me to remember like individual, um, obviously, you know, one I can think of because it's more on my head is against the saints, when he uh, was was to win that, that was a good a good moment um, late uh, late in the game. So I don't know, I can't think of any more out of the top of my head. But yeah, you know the Saints one's a great one. Um, Super Bowl Forty Nine does go unnoticed because he was down. I know it was twenty eight to three gets talked a lot. He was down ten points, and he's the only quarterback I believe in Super Bowl history to come down from multiple double digit leads in a Super Bowl. Just to give his remarkableness and impression on it. Um, and Joe, is there any Patriot moment that sticks out to you, or is it? Would you rather go down the Michigan rabbit hole? Uh, we'll we'll keep it Patriot theme since that's what this week's about. Um, mine that I think you know it kind of gets overshadowed. I mean, some people talk about it, and I I know it kind of there's a slight tarnish on it due to the uh, due to a penalty, but the AFC Championship at Arrowhead was insane i mean if you go back and watch that game and everybody will tell you arrowhead is one of the toughest environments especially in the playoffs what he did um you know i think he had like three or four third down conversions i know that the chiefs did help with an offsides on what would have been like a deflected or was an interception or something like that it was Um, was, d ford was offside and they intercepted it Yep. So, I mean, I know that that, like, I I just, you just see it time and time again. And like, I'm always like, I'll never take that for granted what he's able to do in those final minutes. Like, you know, I was telling like Cowboy fans when I was at the Bucks game, um, you know, like, Hey, like, you know, Hey, we're about to see, are we going to get another like Tom Brady, like classic two minute drill to get his team in position to win? And sure enough, we did. I like that. So outside of Super Bowl moments, that's that's the one that sticks out for me. That's a good one, Joe. I was thinking that too, and and just for some reason bypassed it. But I thought he was going to say Jacksonville when he went penalty for a second because that one sticks out to me too. I was going to say too one of the mo- like 
as a team, well, I mean, this is more of a, t- but Brady played well in that game. Like the Chargers, the year that they were like so deemed as like basically people just wrote them into the Super Bowl already, and then we went in and beat them. So that was a good game too. No, no, for sure. Um, but as for the game goes Sunday, uh, Joe, I obviously know you're going Bucks. I assume. Yeah, I, I do think I do. I will say it will be closer than a lot of people might think. Um, what's the spread? Seven last I checked. Yeah, I think it's seven or seven and a half. It was six at one point, but it went up. I'm just going to pull up the score quickly just to check that out. Um, seven. It's at Mac, seven flat. Mac Jones has a chance because, I mean, I, nobody, nobody has been able to run on the Bucks defense. Nobody. So I think you're like – whether or not he succeeds, whatever, Mac Jones has an opportunity to come out and like like throw it around if Bill lets him um, in that offense. So we'll see what happens. The the Bucks secondary is bad right now. It is bad, bad. I know, of course, that depends on like what happens with um, you know the pass rush, which has been inconsistent, especially compared toward the tail end of last year. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm going box, but I do think it's closer than people think. Um, I'm, uh, I'll give you a score prediction. I'm thinking some, somewhere in the realm of like, like a 34 to 24 type game. I mean, I know that's 10 points, but I think it's going to be like one of those games where it ends up being 10 points on the scoreboard, but it felt a little bit closer. Yeah. You know what? I don't think, I love everybody coming in being like, uh, Oh, you know, Tom's gonna go in there. He's gonna he wants blood. He's gonna hang forty. Like, do you guys are like? It's like remember last year's Sunday Nighter when it was Bucks Saints. Everyone was like, "Oh, I can go either way." But then everyone was picking the Buccaneers to win. But then the Saints killed them. I'm not saying that's gonna happen. I'm firmly am going Buccaneers on this one. But the one thing I am saying is, it's gonna be closer than people think. I think maybe a ten point, ten to fourteen points. I think the Bucks win by because I think it could, it could be one of those games where it's like you know going back and forth, but then the Buccaneers just have the manpower to pull away. Kind of like what we saw against Atlanta with for them, but not as like as bad of a loss for the Pats. Another point I'll uh, throw in real quick, too, before Phil gives his take. I think, like, this is a game where the Bucs, like, Brady's just been having to throw, throw, throw. I think this is going to be a game, too, where they want to, like, I and I do think Brady's going to have his moments, no question about it. But I do think that they are going to want to try to establish the run a little bit and then, you know, kind of get back to their bread and butter, run, run, hit that play action, run, mix in a screen, and then follow up with some runs. They haven't really been able to do that. You know, Fournette, Rojo, I think they're going to want to try to get those guys involved and then let Brady kind of mop up on, you know, second, third down. Also, big storyline, too, is Gronk has not practiced the last two days. So just something to keep in mind that he may not be playing on Sunday. Yep. Yeah, and that would be that would be huge. Like I've been been following that pretty close, like hoping that you know, seeing what he's going to do if he's going to play or not. But Joe, that's a great point about the running game because I think that I think the Bucks are going to do that too. I, th- I think that um, I just this to me this screams a game that people like everyone's going in and even myself like on paper the Bucks should should win by t- two touchdowns, right? And and while I do I, I do think the Bucks are going to win. Um, this is a game that just says like, man, when, when you have, when you go in and you have this, all, all, everyone is picking, like, like Griff just said about the Saints game, when everyone picks them, it's like, it's just, you're writing, it's almost like you're writing the story itself, right? You're writing a chance for the, for the Patriots to win. Now do the, I think the Patriots could blow them out. I think there's zero, like if that happens, Brady obviously got hurt. Like there's no, there's no other scenario. 
for me that if the Pats blew, I'd be I'd come on here shocked. Um, but I do think the Pats could squeak one out. I do think they could. Um, I'm not picking them to do it because it's just on paper. It doesn't say that's going to happen. Um, but it's going to be just very I, I'm very intrigued. I think this is going to be a, a very meeting of the mind. Like Belichick's not going to put it like he's he's he can say whatever he wants. Brady can say whatever he wants. They both want this game. And I think that they uh, they they're going to show it in this game. And I think it's going to be good. Like it, like I said, in the end, the Bucks could pull away. But I think for three quarters, at least this game is going to be a, a, a battle. And one thing I want to I want to point out right real quick, as I know we're running out of time, is something that's just really been bothering me is the fact that that there's been so much stuff just randomly coming at. Like I know that book is supposed to ignore that fucking book. I'm sorry to cut you off. That book is the biggest crop of bullshit ever. If you fans want a book to read about the Patriots, read The Dynasty by Jeff Benedict. This is 100%. I'm glad you said that, Griff. And then we're going to sound like fanboys, and Joe maybe can come in with like a more unbiased uh, decision on it. But this is a hit piece. They're 100% trying to find ways to make that whole, the unprecedented run. They're making, they're trying to make that not perfect. So, I mean, I'm here myself. I don't know if that's what that is. But, um, but yeah, like, I, I, I'm tired of hearing about Brady literally, I, was, I just saw an article in the interview that you, they just did. He talked about everything went fine. Everything ended fine. There was no no issues. Like, everything, it was literally, like, handled perfectly. He goes, it was best for both teams. Like, Brady's not just going to talk out of his ass and just say that. Like, he, he would just, like, you know, dodge the question or just move, like, like short answer. No, he legit went out of his way to say, no, this, it ended perfectly. Like, it's fine. Like, and so I don't, I'm tired of hearing that. I'm going to be glad for when that part's over with because – this book means nothing to me. I don't care what any fan – if any fan takes that – any uh, Patriot hater, they're, they're going to be haters no matter what. And this book just gives them, like, their reason. But I guess, like, their – I don't know what word I'm looking for, but they're, like, ammo that, that they've wanted for years. But, like, it, I just really feel like there's things that he – like, you know, journal, in journalism, there's people that they get the stories they want, and I think that's that's what he did. He got the story he wanted. He, he got the answers that he wanted out of it. Not the, the actual truth. Like he just he he took one thing and moved it to the next thing. And I'm not saying there's not some truth because yeah, there's gonna be tension in 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 the long run. There's gonna be things that that happen. But you're not gonna ever convince me that it ended terribly and that they hated each other and they were ready to leave because I don't I, like I think that would have been 100 percent way more obvious. But anyways, I, I'm done ranting about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean my stance. You can't take away. I like. When you when you look back in the history books fifty years from now, you're not going to be able to take away what the Patriots did, point blank. Um, as far as like the separation, all that kind of stuff goes, that'll all play out. People, you know, it's media these days. You know, hit pieces, clickbait, all that fun stuff. It's how it works, unfortunately. Um, you know, I think I'm excited for the Brady documentary. I know we didn't get to really touch on that. Maybe we can do a podcast in recapping each of those episodes when that comes out. Man in the arena, right? Yep, man in the arena. Is it this year or next year? Uh, Next month. Oh, next month? Jeez, hey. Okay, time's flying this year. All right, yeah, we definitely need to do that. I agree, Joe. Yeah. No, we will for sure do that and for sure touch upon that. But no, like, I just had this blurt about that because – Wickersham wrote that like hit shit piece right before Super Bowl Fifty Two as well, and then all those reports of like Kraft saying, "Oh, like this guy's a fucking asshole" and everything. Like, it's basically just them trying to find way. It's like it's literally a clickbait, clickbait book, excuse me, 
and that, that's 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 what it is. It's just it is what it is. I just don't want to talk about it. It goes irk me. Yeah, and as far as I know, they got no like like Belichick and like no like actual endorsement from any of them, right? Like the no. dynasty actually has endorsements from them. Yep. The dynasty has full endorsements, Phil. I like if you guys want to read that, because that book goes back to like Robert Kraft's history on acquiring the team yeah. and him growing up and everything like that, all the way up until the actual dynasty starts and it ends with like Brady leaving. But it is a fantastic read. And actually, I have another football book I'm about to read. I'm about to read the uh, Kirk Herbstreit book, so I'm gonna have to come on the podcast when I'm done reading about that book and let you guys know how it is. Yeah, I want to. I want to know how that is too. I saw you tweet about that. So, for sure. and obviously Brady, at the end of the day, he's gonna be able to tell his version of everything. And he, like, if you don't think he's gonna come out with a book, you're mistaken. Well, Brady's gonna do so much. Yeah, and 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 that's what I honestly, Joe. I'll say this too to end this. Like, I love the fact that he's now able to be able to. Regardless of what, like how he, how it was in New England, like he's able to like do all this stuff. Like he, like this, this is what he need in his career. That wasn't gonna happen. Like, like in order for that, I'm not saying it wasn't gonna happen in New England, but he need. Like I'm glad to see that he is getting that if he did leave. Like he's getting to do all these. He's looking like he's having fun, and that's what I, I like to see. That like I'm never gonna hate Brady. Like I, I'm just not gonna do it. I don't care any fan that does that. Like I won't. I'm rooting against him this Sunday, but. Um, you know, he's, I mean, for what he did, like, there's no, like, any fan that's bitter is just, bye. See ya. He's the GOAT. The only fan, sorry, I'm just on the other side of the room. Hopefully you guys can hear me. Yeah. The only, the only, I just have to go to put something away quickly. The only fans that are bitter are, like, some of the weird people from Boston. But besides that, like, don't be bitter. Like, literally for me, it's, you know, be like okay up until kickoff i'll respect you the second the ball kicks off i want to beat you then after that i'll go back to being you know what hey you're my favorite quarterback and you're the reason why i love football and you're probably the reason why the three of us are having this conversation right now so that, that that's literally all i have to add yeah and in the end he's gonna retire a patriot like like they're just trying to build it like there's no way he doesn't retire as a patriot i will say that on this podcast like there's what'd you say oh. robert Kraft using him as a son yeah there's yep. no way the 12's not getting retired like it's all that's happening like so all this is just smoke like 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 uh joe perfectly says like there's always they just they're trying to create stories and and things like that not saying that all of them aren't not like there might be some truth to certain things that they say but um for the most part it's just trying to create nonsense i fully agree i'm sorry my stupid apple watch notifications go off the other way but anyway guys um i have to wrap up here today but i appreciate joe and phil reaching out this has been episode number 115 of YWC Football Talk, guys. Enjoy the game this Sunday. No matter what happens, go Pats. And you know what? We're just thankful to see Brady play in Gillette. Maybe one more time. We don't know. He could be there in 2029. But anyway, guys, we'll see you next week after the game's all said and done. Enjoy it, everyone, and have a good one. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? 
Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.